This podcast is for mature adults and may contain explicit language. The members of this podcast opinions are solely based on their experiences, interactions, and life situations. It does not reflect the views of everyone. Viewer discretion is advised. What's going on? This is your girl, Legit, and you are listening to Lee Peeped It with the Topic Queen, and we are back for another episode. The first topic we really want to get into is the teacher strikes going on in Union City, California with this whole New Haven Unified School District. It's it's crazy. The kids have not went back to school. Um, it's really bad for the high school students because I think only tw- about 20 students are showing up to school every day. Um, most of the substitutes are at the elementary school because they prioritized the elementary school because, as we know, Logan is like a little mini junior college. Um, they have not come to an agreement. The teachers are not getting what they want. I think they want 10% more and the board members are not having it and the board members have walked out of a couple different meetings and on top of these teachers wanting 10% more they want health and they want health benefits that are included which is not the case and I think at this point um the Alameda County Board of Education has got involved and you would think with them getting involved they would have come to some sort of resolution because this is this is getting bad for the kids and I feel bad for the kids because they're the ones who are really struggling through all of this you know the sad part about this is that we're going on this is the third week that these teachers have been on strike in the New Haven Unified School District um but this problem with teachers is an epidemic everywhere. I right. mean, this one hits a little bit closer to home for us because we both went to school in this district. So it's like, wow, we have this is one of the best school districts in the state of California. I probably think in probably United States, period. It's one of the best right. school districts that you can be a part of. Right. And to have these teachers be on strike for three weeks, who's suffering? The students are suffering. I really feel like this is an epidemic that needs to be addressed across the country. Teachers shape our future. They shape our leaders. They shape our next president. They shape our the next lawyer, dentist, doctor, judge, and everything in, in, under, underneath the sun and everything in between. I don't know why we continue to keep having this debate about what teachers should get paid. Right. I don't think in any any in, on any circumstances that a BART employee should be getting paid more than a teacher. I'm sorry. That's just how I personally feel. Um, and I feel like it's been it's been gravely disproportionate on what teachers get paid for a very, very long time. And the fact that they're out here having to pick it for 10 percent more pay and health benefits is outrageous to me. We are in the state of California. We have the fifth largest economy in the world, not United States the world and we can't figure out how to give these teachers 10% more and get them some health benefits right right and it's crazy um it's gotten to the point where the teachers have showed up to each and every board member's house how crazy is that it should not get to that i mean people's <laughs> people's safety is at stake here with all of this right i There's- mean well, <laughs> some of these people are asking for the superintendent to remove himself completely from the talks some people want to recall um, for some of the board members that are on this panel. Um, people are very, very upset, especially parents. There's parents groups that are, they plan to announce that they want to recall against some of the school board members. Like, this is not a joke. This is not a game. Like, 
right. kids are being affected by this and not only kids that go to the school but are we thinking about the teachers and their families right and right. their children i mean it's it's insane to me if, uh, um quite a few teachers have already quit as well they don't want to continue to put up with this and i you know i don't blame them at all i don't blame yeah. them one bit they said there's quite a few teachers that have left and gone to different school districts Right. And that's, to me, that's really, really sad. I mean, to me, that's sad because, like I said, New Haven Unified School District is one of the best school districts in California. Hands down, one of the best school districts in California, especially when we're talking about public schools, right? Yeah, And for it for it to be this way for over two weeks, going on three weeks, is insane to me. And I just, I still don't understand why we haven't tackled this issue a long time ago. Why are these teachers fighting for benefits? Right. It's 2019. Why are these teachers fighting for benefits? With the, the Affordable Care Act that's still kind of in place until our president does something crazy again. But right now that's still in place. Why Why are these teachers in 2019 fighting for health benefits? Health right. benefits. Right. That's insane to me. They should not be in here fighting over health benefits. Now, when you look at Logan, who's a, com- a complete junior college, basically, the setting of Logan is a junior college. Right. It's state-of-the-art campus, state-of-the-art facilities as far as sports and things are concerned. And y'all can't find 10% somewhere in your budget to give these teachers ex- some extra pay and <laughs> some benefits? Right, and over 4,000 students at crazy. that. Right. It is. And let me just say, these teachers knew exactly what they were doing because they did this at a very critical time. At the end of the school year, there's all types of events going on. There's finals and exams coming up, especially for seniors who are trying to get prepared to go off to college, whatever they plan to do post high school. This is a very critical time. And you would think by now the district would be like, hey, like we can't afford this. But I'm hearing that board members, the superintendent is walking out of meetings like you're walking out of meetings like you really don't care. And with this guy, to me, the whole thing with this guy is it's just disappointing because apparently, I guess he is on his way out. He's supposed to retire. So it's, it kind of just makes it seem like he doesn't even care at all. And then you have, of course, black teachers and black people in the community like, come on, bro, you're a black dude and you can't do nothing for us. And so a lot of black people in the community are just like, this This dude is an embarrassment. <laughs> Absolutely. He is an embarrassment because I don't know how. And I think this is some of the reason why people want to remove him from the conversations because they thought he was going to be an ally and he's turning out not to be. It's like he's right, kind of right. like, I don't give a damn. And he's walking out of meetings like what? Right. Like, you should be removed from talks in my in my in my eye. Why, why are you here then? Exactly, exactly. And as far as the students go, I I know a lot of students are concerned because they haven't got a grade since last quarter's grade and how they plan on doing this grading stuff. Because at this point, are you really going to be giving these children finals? No, they're not going to have enough time to prepare for finals. There's not that much more school left. So at this point, a lot of students were worried because they're like, I didn't really like my grade or I'm trying to get my grade up. I'm trying to get a better grade. And especially for seniors, imagine if you're trying to get, you know, get your grade up, make sure your GP is up before, you know, you leave high school. It puts you really in a tough situation. And even for freshmen who are trying to adjust to high school, because my sister goes to Logan and, you know, she was really concerned about it as well because it's, it's not it's not fair. So what they're thinking is of either giving these students the grade that they got last um, quarter. So whatever they got on their report card last quarter, whatever was sent home, that is potentially going to be their final 
or they may consider modifying the finals. But if they can't come to an agreement, at this point, there's probably not going to be any finals. Yeah, there probably isn't going to be. And I quite honestly, I feel like that's a disservice to the kids that are there because if if you didn't do well the last time you got a report card and you were, have really been working your tail off right. this part of the semester to get this grade up and to get it where it needs to be, all to get to the point where you get to the finals and you don't have it, and they're telling you that they're just going to forward over the grade from last report card for some kids that might be all right and for some kids that might not be and right. i really don't think that's fair you know right i, I really don't because you're putting people at, at, a, at a disservice the people even the people that something is minute as i have a b and i was really striving for an a because it's going to help my gpa right right you know uh, you know or i really need this because i need my gpa to go up so i can get this last scholarship that i need you're right. you know what i mean it's it's yeah. it's, it's bigger than just you know just a grade like okay maybe a freshman might not be that upset about it maybe a sophomore might not be that upset about it but I feel like at any grade level I'd be upset about it especially if I was in a situation where I was really trying to raise that grade up or trying to push it to right to an a or whatever the case may be and now you're telling me you're just gonna transfer a grade from one report card to this one and this is what I end up with that that might not be fair especially if I was busting my tail this whole semester to try to get that grade to be higher right I just it's, the kids are suffering. The kids and the teachers are suffering, and they need to do something about it, and they need to do somebody quick. Right, and teachers bust their ass. I mean, especially when sometimes they come out of pocket for books because the school claims they don't have a budget for it. They're doing after hours as far as tutoring, and they don't get paid for that type of stuff. Whatever it is, whatever type of programs that they Im- implement into you know their classroom after school, whether that's extracurriculars, whatever it is, they don't get paid for that extra stuff, and it's ridiculous. And it's you know it's funny because you know last episode we talked about tipping and people who like deserve tipping. I'm like, well, shit, tip, teachers need to get fucking tipped <laughs> for all the work that they do. I agree. I think teachers need to be should have incentives, especially when um, you know test scores are going up or you know right. whatever the case may be um, I, I do think they should have some type of incentive for them because there are teachers out here that really love what they do they love being a teacher they don't see themselves being in any other profession but being a teacher and right. you're now forcing people to go this is I can't be a teacher something I love to do because it doesn't support my livelihood especially living here in California you know, right. you, the cost of living in California goes ex, up exponentially every five to ten years. It's right. way more to live here than it is to live in a lot of other places. So right. when I hear that these teachers are just asking for 10 percent and some health benefits, I'm going, what What are we arguing about when you have BART employees going on strike for for months and they they're the highest paid transportation people in all of United States, and they can go on strike. You go to any other state, Chicago, New York, anywhere else they depend on the transit system, they cannot go on strike. Right. But Bart can do all this, oh, we're going on strike because we want more health benefit choices. Not health benefits, more choices. Oh, we're going on strike because we haven't got a raise, but there's nobody that runs that uh, works for Bart that makes under $60,000 a year. I bet you there's teachers out there that make under that. Right, right. So why, where's the standard for the teachers? We're, right. we're, and I know they have teachers unions, don't they? Mm-hmm. Where are these teachers unions fighting for the rights for these teachers? And these are the type of things where I look at and I go, you know what? These are the reason why people have unions, because they need somebody to be out there speaking up for them and fighting on their behalf. There's, this, there's no reason for this to be in the third week of negotiations. Come on, man. 10% and some health benefits? 
Right. And at this point, I'm starting to think that the kids won't be going back to school. And there's no point in really sending your kid to school, I guess, unless you're just really, really concerned about your kid, depending on how old they are. And, you know, you need somebody to watch them. But at this point, it's like, I'm not sending my kid to school to sit in the cafeteria to watch movies. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. Especially if my kid is high school age. I can give them better better right. uh, school stuff to do at home than sitting in the cafeteria watching a bunch of movies. That's just like a disaster waiting to happen. And then you think of all the kids that would be in trouble because right. they're not in school and how, how much trouble they're getting into right. <laughs> with not having to go to school. Um, right. The end of year school sports, how is that affecting like track and field and things like that? Because right. usually there's still invitationals and things like that going on right. or and even getting ready for the next seasons. Um, mm-hmm. How is it affecting, um, you know, the kids? And this is the thing that really, really put it in perspective for me is what about the kids that only eat when they're at school? Right. Very true. And now they parents are like, well, there's no reason you to go because you're not learning anything. And now these kids are not getting their square meals because of what's going on with the school. It's bigger than just teachers being on strike. You know what I mean? So I just these kids are suffering and and someone needs to step up and think about they're impacting 11,000 students. Right. 11,000 students they are impacting. That's a lot of young people that that they're impacting from grade school all the way to high school. That's that's they need to do something and they need to do something quick and it needs to be fixed well before they come back next year because this school year is oh, over. Right. I, I would hope so. And the summer's not that long. You know, the summer flies by real quick and they don't have it together. They're going to lose out on a lot of people and <laughs> they're going to be scrambling to find teachers and teachers who aren't even in the district on the outside looking at like, I'm not trying to be a part of all of that over there. <laughs> you know, it's sad. And then um, Logan really is the only, you know, school in Union City. And then they have the continuation school, Connolly. So, you know, everybody's affected by it as well. And at this point, if they don't get it together, some schools probably will suffer and have to close. That's going to be the sad reality of it all. And you talked about livelihood. You know, I was watching the news and I seen this boy on there crying talking about my dad's you know a fifth grade teacher and this has really been hard on all my family because as you said earlier California is not cheap living on a (laughs) teacher salary especially (laughs) right and so think about that the kids are being affected both ways they're being affected with their education and their parent has to be happens to be a teacher in the school district and so they're suffering that way too so, and that goes back to, you know, kids not getting all their meals or what are certain right. things that they've had to sacrifice because especially, one parent now isn't bringing it home an income. Right. Especially if it's more than one child in the household. If you have, you right. know, having like five plus children, that's tough. I mean, you even don't know, if you have two. Right. One and in high school, one in middle school. You're Very what? true. And some mothers are stay-at-home mothers, which is a job in itself. So, yeah, that can be really tough. <laughs> Right. It can be really tough when you're when you're thinking about households that are definitely dependent on two incomes. There's not a lot of households in California that don't have two incomes coming into it. Right. It, it really isn't because it's hard to, to live without it. And, and when I say two incomes, I'm not saying necessarily mom and dad. I'm saying it could be mom and and her mom. It could be, you know, or somebody diff- else or working somebody else. Extra right. job. Right. Or, you know, roommate situation or whatever the case may be. Most people in California have two incomes in whatever household that they're right. living in or more. So right. if you take that out, 
you take one of those incomes out, it's really hard to survive. And you're putting a lot of pressure on whoever you're living with to come up with the difference. And that, that could be really hard. That could be a really hard financial burden that you have put not only these teachers in, but some of these children in too. And I'll give you an example. Like we said, New Haven Unified, especially Logan, is supposed to be like one of the best public schools, you know, in obviously the Bay Area. And you have teachers who commute from all over Northern California, all places from the Bay Area who want to teach there. And then they have to deal with this. Like, I'll give you an example. My, my sister had a teacher who was commuting all the way from Stockton. And then he would stay at school after hours, literally have to get up at three in the morning to commute all the way from Stockton down to Union City because it was the better school district to teach in. And so just imagine commuting, doing all of that. And now you have to suffer with all of this going on. Yeah. And I also think about, you know, I don't even say the smaller things in this bigger picture because it isn't small. You know, graduation. What is graduation going to look like for these graduating seniors? Right. Are they going to have a ceremony? Right. I'm pretty, you know, prom and all that. Usually there's teachers there at, at prom. Hopefully Logan's well, prom has passed already. But and senior day. I remember we had senior day when we were at Logan. Right. Where, you know, you had senior week, basically, where it was a full week of activity that you did. And most of the chaperones on your activities were the teachers. So how was that going for the seniors? Did their senior activities get completely cut? What does graduation even look like? Have they been practicing for graduation? Because this is the week that they would be doing all of that. Right. I think the kids get out on the 14th. They, the, the school district claim or the school claim that not the senior activities wouldn't be you know they wouldn't get rid of any of the senior activities but at this point who knows like you said what could happen and I know they're gonna need a lot of help and at this point parents and people are so outraged they don't really want to help help with what (laughs) you know help with what I get it I mean I get it but I feel bad for the graduating class of 2019 because I mean, it's it's a it's a milestone to graduate from high school, and that's something that you want to share with your family members right. and friends and different things like that. And people have gone through so many different types of journeys to finally get to the point where they've graduated from high school, whatever the journeys may be, whether it been personal things that you've gone through in your family, health thing, whatever the case may be, it is an accomplishment to graduate from high school. So to think that we're in a situation where these these graduating singers are not going to get the full experience of what it is to graduate. It's sad to me. It, it, it really is sad. And, and I, I think I think the problem is with a lot of with a lot of these situations is that they spend too much money paying these superintendents, these paper pushers, instead of really putting the money in where it counts and that's the resources and that's the teachers. Teachers should not be coming out of their pocket to pay for supplies and books and this, that, and the other. They shouldn't be doing that. They should be focusing on getting these kids to learn different, different things in different ways and exploring, you know, what they may want to do come the future when they leave high school, what do they want to do? Not coming out of their pocket when they're barely getting paid now to make sure that these kids have a full high school experience and get the full learning experience that they need. It just, somebody's got to do something. And, and, and I, the thing that is crazy about this is that what they're going to do is they're going to come back to the rest of the community that lives in that area and go, our taxes need to go up so that we can afford to pay for this. Guarantee you. Yeah. Guarantee you because California has local taxes too. Right. So, 
and each 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 county has their own way of distributing what those taxes are and what they'll be taxed on and where those taxes go to. So that's what's going to be the next thing. It's crazy. You shouldn't be working from eight to five and then still have to go to another job after that. <laughs> go to another job after that to supplement your income, because teachers deal with a lot, especially when it comes to children and their behavior. Just imagine you having like a badass class, or you have you having to deal with like challenging students, and then having to deal with like, oh, I don't get paid enough. How am I gonna make rent <laughs> next month? What do I gotta right. do? <laughs> and this is not, and, and this is not, I'm not putting down anybody or anything like that, but you went to school to get a degree for this. Right. You went to school to get a degree for this and you went and got your credentials to do this. Right. So you've spent money and decided that this is the career that you wanted to do. This is not a fly by night. Oh, I decided I wanted to be a teacher today and this is what I'm going to do. No, you had to study for this. You had to get a degree in this and then you had to go get your credentials in order to teach. So you did what you were supposed to do. Go to school, go to college, get a degree, get a good job. They wanted to be a teacher. Now mm-hmm. they're sitting here and they're going, this job doesn't pay enough. Mm-hmm. Now I got to get an extra job. I got to drive for Uber. I got to drive for Lyft. Or I got to be a waitress or a waiter somewhere, somewhere part-time or a bartender to make ends meet or to even just have a life. That's insane to me. They're building our leaders for tomorrow. Why are they getting paid? Why aren't they getting paid their worth? That's that's my point is why aren't they getting paid their worth? Very true. And if you are a substitute teacher, they're paying substitute teachers four hundred dollars a day. Yes, you heard that correct. Four hundred dollars a day because they figure that what the teachers would be getting paid is what they might as well pay the substitute teachers because they really need them at this time. So that's Which crazy. I think is complete. <laughs> It's crazy. Bullshit. Because you're paying these. Now, it's a jug for, for the subs. Oh, of teachers. course. D- get, get your money, subs. Get your money. But <laughs> I'm saying to me, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Just off the simple fact that they're not teaching anything. It's not like these substitute teachers are picking up from where these teachers left off and making sure these kids are still getting finals and all this other stuff. Then I'd be like, hell yeah, pay, pay them that. But they're showing these kids DVDs and videos, and they're hanging out in cafeterias. Why am I paying these people four hundred dollars a day? Right now, at the high school, I know they are doing that with the with them prioritizing the substitutes at the elementary schools. It might be a little bit of a different story where the regular teachers le- you know prepped and had a lesson plan for the regular substitute to follow, which is kind of the case if you are a long term substitute in some cases. It depending on the school, you actually might be the teacher for that year. So it just depends on the circumstance. But um, that definitely isn't happening at the high school, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think it, I think at the end of the day, they're doing a disservice to these teachers, and most importantly, they're doing a disservice to these children. These children deserve to have a full educational experience, and if it only takes ten percent. And some benefits, and we need to find a way to get it to them. We spend a lot of money on a lot of frivolous things. They've made marijuana legal in California. They constantly have Target and other places saying they donate a certain percentage to to schools. We have a lottery that says they give certain percentage to the schools. Where the hell is all this money going? Right, (laughs) right, right. And we and we pay taxes. Right. So where is all this money going? I hope they get it together. I think the last time they did sit down. They offered them 3%, and of course, the teacher's like, no. And see, the thing that's (laughs) crazy to me, too, is that that's some of the reason why Union City has one high school, because they wanted all the funds for the high school in that city to go to one 
place. That's the reason why Logan has all the state of the art, this, that, and the other, because they don't have to split their high school money with any other high school. Mm-hmm. And to think about that and then go to these teachers aren't getting paid their worth is crazy to me. You should not be having the same problems Hayward has when Hayward has like four different, high, four or five different high schools. Like, come on. Right. No, very true. Um, it is a very unfortunate situation. I hope the teachers get what they want. The next time they do sit down, they come to a resolution. And I hope they, they figure this out before the next school year because I really feel bad for the kids. And as someone who has a younger sibling, you know, in the New Haven Unified School District, I don't want, I don't like to see her, you know, going through this, especially um, in her first year of high school, you know? Wow. <laughs> Freshman year of high school, and this is what you're getting. It's, right. It's, it's, a, it's a bit much. People, and in, in not to mention, Logan is also open enrollment, so people all over the Bay Area want to send their kids to this school because because um, where they live, it might not be the best district. They might not get the best education, not, not only when it comes to sports, but when it comes to academics as well. People want to send their kids to Logan because of that very reason. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because I came from Catholic school, and that was the only high school my mom, public high school my mom would allow me to go to was Logan because of what they were known for as far as education, um, you know, state of the art, uh, sports facilities, you know, the different extracurricular activities that yeah. you could get involved in, even from having a health center to right. having daycare for young ladies that have babies when they're in high school. A like, lot of vocational programs as well, was, yes. Right. Logan was was a state is is was and is a state of the art high school. So to hear that this the New Haven Unified School District has not done something to get this in order is a little disheartening. And 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 it's one of the better school districts. So to see one of the better school districts go through this, it, it makes me sad for <laughs> districts like the Oakland Unified Dual School District. Oh, right, right. Because they had, they come across a lot more problems than Union City does, but it's still right. an epidemic. It's a problem. We need to make sure that these teachers are getting paid their worth. Period. I, I don't understand how how everybody seems to agree that teachers should get paid more, but yet we still end up in these types of situations. I've never come across one person to say, "Oh no, teachers get paid enough." Right. Everybody thinks teachers don't get paid enough. So why do we continuously keep ending up in these types of conversations? Right. And it's just not Union City. It's everywhere. Every I th- I think you know every year we hear the same thing or teachers go through the same thing. <laughs> every every year. year, every year it's a different state. Every year it's something new. Every year it's a it's, it's a new school district going on strike, whether it be Arizona, New York, anywhere, everywhere. I think the only place I haven't heard about a strike happening in the school district, and I could be wrong, is Texas. Right. <laughs> no, very true. I wouldn't be surprised if people start homeschooling their kids or start looking into these charter schools. That's what's eventually going to happen. I think that's where a lot of things are leading to. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's people doing things from their home, especially in a place like California where the traffic is getting exponentially worse as the years go on. You can only add so many lanes. You can only have so many HOV lanes and and carpool lanes and things like that, right? So I think even in the workforce, you're going to start seeing an influx of people not having a brick and mortar and you basically being able to work from wherever you're at. And I think more and more parents are getting tired of of the back and forth. And I think the teachers are getting tired of it too. And, and, and I understand that I, I believe that these online 
teachers get paid pretty well and they don't have to leave their home. So that's less expense that they have to inquire as far as commuting or whatever the case may be. And the students that they teach are all over the world. So Right. Are you just going to have teachers leave independent on their credentials and teaching at the university level? So I yeah. don't have to deal with this. <laughs> Right, and then they'll then they'll really get paid because people are paying to go to these schools, so they'll you right. know, they'll have the money to be able to pay these teachers their worth. But it just it sacks me because you know kindergartners and all kindergartners all the way to seniors in high school should not have to experience not having the full school experience over teachers not being paid their worth. We really need to start advocating for teachers and speaking up for teachers and um, making sure that they're getting taken care of. Yes, I 100% agree. Uh, New Haven Unified School District and the board members, please do the right thing. I don't like to see my city on the news for shit like this. I don't like to see my city on the news for just anything bad, to be honest. But um, I hope they really do come to a resolution soon. Yeah, Very absolutely. Soon. It's I mean, for us to be graduates of that district and to see them on the news like that, it was it, it was a little alarming for me because, like I said, you, our school, the school district that we graduated from, is one of the better school districts in the state of California. So to hear them going on strike right. makes me think, what the hell's going on in Oakland? What's going in places like San Jose right. or you know, right? Hayward you know, even right. Yes, and Logan is known for a lot of things. They've had a lot of great athletes. They have a really good forensics program. You know, talked about academics. Um, you know, they're known for a lot of great things. So I'm just hoping they get it together soon because I just think this is completely absurd. It's like these kids, <laughs> these kids have gotten like an extended, you know, summer vacation. But at the same time, they're, just, they're still worried about their grades and what's going to happen. Am I going to pass? The ninth grade? Am I going to pass the 10th grade? Well, shit. <laughs> Am I going right. to have to fucking repeat because of this? Right. It's not it fair. It leaves a lot of things up in the air. And then what about the kids that would normally go to summer school to make up a class? Right, right. Does that now become obsolete and you may need to repeat the ninth grade because you didn't pass two classes or a class and you could have retaken that class over the summer and been done? Like, it's just, there's just so many questions that I have um, as far as how, how do they make this situation whole again? So I really hope that they do come to some type of conclusion. You know, the superintendent, if you can't be of help... <laughs> <laughs> then maybe you should bow out and, and leave the conversations instead of um, His walking ass don't out. He's not care. He obviously just wants an early retirement. <laughs> he just needs to go on ahead and retire. Like, stop the walking out of, of meetings. Why are you, is, yeah. It's, it's what a is bit the much. point of you? What is the purpose of you walking out of board members? They're going to continue to stay on your motherfucking ass. If you don't want these people, which I thought was a little bit over the top with these people showing up to the board members house, but damn, like if you don't want these motherfuckers showing up to your house, get it to fucking get her. What is the point of you walking out of a board meeting? That's why you're coming together to come to some type of resolution. You're not going to get anywhere. You're going to be walking in circles. It doesn't make sense. People are freaking nuts. Okay, I, just, I will put that out there. People are nuts. Like, going to board members' I thought houses, that was a little, that's a little a bit over much. the top. That's what that's I told my grandmother. I, I was like, that's yeah, that a is bit a bit much. Because, you know... <laughs> People have a license to carry a weapon and to protect their home. And you got some crazy ass people outside your house 
Because not, you're a board member of a school district causing havoc is a big... Right, these people I don't mean to laugh. are fucking marching to their fucking houses. And not only that, if I'm living in the neighborhood, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is going on? I don't want to hear all this. Right. Don't what get me wrong. I want you guys to get what you want, but I don't want all this drama in the fucking neighborhood. And like that... And it's the suburbs at that. <laughs> yeah, like you're taking it a little too far. Like Union City is a big city, but it's not that big. Look, so it, ain't, it ain't that big. <laughs> no, so you cannot just be showing up at people's houses like that. Like that, that's it's, just it's too small. Much. It ain't it, it ain't that that big. It's not a town, but it definitely is not that big. <laughs> right, for you to be popping up at people's houses like that's that's too much. Like I'm all for you guys getting what you want, but the. The showing up at people's houses, that's, that's, that's taking it a little bit too far, and that's when disaster happens. Right. You know, that's when bad situations happen. Like I said, you know, people it's have a right a to protect their home. <laughs> right. You know, people have a right to protect their home. So if you come into their house with the BS, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to hear the next thing. Some teacher got shot on the board member's front lawn because they were being obnoxious. And like, like oh my goodness. <laughs> Right, like that would be that would be a little too much. So let's all be safe out there. Let's, let's do let's it on pro- neutral grounds. Yes, and protest <laughs> peacefully and in in neutral grounds. Let's not take this to a whole nother level by going to people's homes. That's a bit bit much. It's getting real out there, immune. <laughs> Sheesh. And don't get me wrong, Union City is not this uppity suburb, but um, that's funny to me. <laughs> I mean, but it is a suburb. Like, I mean, yeah, every city has its little sketchy areas, Dakota, you right. know, whatever the case right. may be. But it is a suburb. For the, but the, for, for the most part, even in the hood, it's a suburb. Right. That's what so, I'm saying. I mean, come on. No, you got your uppity suburbs and then. Right. And then you got the real. Right. Exactly. And that's cool because that's what makes that city its city. That's what makes right. that city great. But. You're taking it a little bit too far when you start showing up to people's houses. Now, you're, you know, you, you, people may feel that as a threat. They may feel like you're putting their family in danger. And that's when crazy things happen. So that's what I said. Let's, like you said, let's keep it on neutral ground. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it on a peaceful protest. And let, let, let's not turn this into some yeah. crazy, crazy uh, I'm praying for all. I'm praying for all parties involved. Teachers, students, family, and Andy's board members. <laughs> Yes. Shit! Give Let's everybody strength. Game. Give them the brains to figure it out. <laughs> Please, Lord, have them come to a solution because uh, the suffering of the teachers and the students is just way too much, and we don't need this to escalate to something that it shouldn't be. This is week three. Let's hope by the end of this week they come to a conclusion. Amen. And I'm gonna just end that off with some holy oil. <laughs> Splash, splash. And speaking of splash, uh, let's move right on into these (laughs) NBA finals with these Splash Brothers. East Coast, (laughs) West Coast. Uh, Yeah, we're we're one and one right now, Um, which is great. (laughs) I will I will say Game Two was hilarious because at the end of that, wow, just wow. (laughs) 
you know, and I have to give it. I have. To, I really have to give it to Toronto because I ain't mad they, at them. They they came really close to to grabbing game two, and game two. If they would have grabbed game two, that would have definitely been a game changer. You would have had the it would have changed the momentum. Yeah. Now you have it to the point where the Warriors don't have to run in Toronto anymore. All they have to do is win at home. Right, and, and, and we know in the town, and we know over there, Oracle and Oracle is going to be tough. Cause it is going to be tough. With now, their I home know, crowd rallying behind them, it's going to be tough in there. That atmosphere is going to be just as crazy. Right, and I and I and I will say to people, people were quite upset after Game Two, and I will say to all you new Raptors fans, <laughs> it ain't over yet. It's tied up 1-1. It ain't over till it's over. <laughs> right. Real basketball fans should want us to go to seven series. I do. To a seven-game series. So that we get basketball till the of mid of, of June. Uh, of and then course. we can all focus on baseball after that. <laughs> FYI, the Dodgers are doing amazing. So I'm really looking forward to focusing fully on baseball season. But back to basketball, I think game one was awesome. Mm-hmm. Game one was an awesome, <laughs> awesome game. I also think that in game one, you got to see Kawhi be able to use the supporting cast supported him in game he one. Did. I will and that say was, that. That was the difference. That was huge. That, that was, was huge. the difference. I think that was the major difference between game one and game two. Game two, right. the Toronto Raptors supporting cast virtually disappeared. They disappeared in the second half. They didn't, like, and like I was saying all throughout the first half, like, Hey, this is the Warriors. Like you can't get too excited. You have to keep your gas. You have to keep your foot on the gas pedal the whole game. You can't run out of gas with them. And the thing that killed me about Toronto in Game Two, which, and you know what, I'll, I'll re- rewind a little bit and go. Me watching this game, I feel bipolar because <laughs> one minute I'm rooting for Toronto and the next minute I'm rooting for the Warriors. I just want a really good series and a really good game and there was a point in Why? that in that game where, Tor- where Toronto was really pissing me off mm-hmm. because they went almost six minutes five and a half minutes right. without scoring in the third quarter when that's everybody that watches basketball knows that the third quarter is the quarter that Warriors try to put teams away. Right, that's when they implemented that box and one, and everybody was losing their fucking minds over the box and one. Yes, I know we haven't seen that shit, and for I don't know how long. Yes, a lot of people are like I haven't seen this shit since middle high school? school, since middle school, high school. That's what people were saying. High school said, "Shit, we used to run this shit in fucking middle school. Follow this fucking play around the whole fucking time. Stay in their grill." <laughs> Exactly. People. You are their shadow. Wherever they go, you go. I think we used to call it superstar or something because, yes, it's the best motherfucking player on the team and you're trying to stop their asses. But what they failed to realize is, and hey, I'm not, hey, I'm not mad at all at Toronto for trying it. You couldn't fucking knock it because Warriors didn't fucking score, like you said, but they, did, they didn't capitalize off of it. And my whole thing was somebody was like, it was cracking me up because I was talking to a few sports uh, insiders, and I think I had a conversation with the guru over there from um, 95.7 The Gang. Shout out hey, to you. the guru. <laughs> I was having a conversation with him, and this guy was like, I was saying, the Warriors is putting just as much energy into stopping quiet because they were trapping him. And this one guy was like, but they they set up that play. They picked that play or created a whole new play. for." I'm like, what you talking about? Created a whole new play. The boxing one ain't fucking new. Turned out they created a whole new play for this dude. Yes, they had to go to that, but that ain't new. 
And, the, and those are the people that you know have never played basketball Talking a day about. in their life. Or even study the game a day in their life. I mean, anybody that played basketball, especially if you did like the whole like from middle school basically or even grade school all the way up through high school and beyond i played from grade school all the way through college and i'm telling you that boxing one <laughs> right okay i'm i'm well into my 30s that boxing one ain't nothing new at all it just it just isn't new maybe it was called something different where you're from <laughs> <laughs> that's my whole thing people had me cracking up because they were making such a big deal out of it and i said yeah you haven't seen it in a while a couple nba teams actually have implemented it a while ago i think you may have seen the spurs use it a couple times or whatever you may have seen teams use it in late game situations where they didn't want someone to score or get off a shot so i understand it but it was cracking me up because dude is really over there talking about um this is something completely new that they created for Curry. I'm like, dude, no, it's not. Come on now. And the funny thing about it is Kwai, even with them trapping Kwai, he still put up over 30 points, a quiet 30, because it did not seem like Kwai had a double-double. Over, He had like 34 points or whatever in that game. And I just, just imagine if they weren't trapping him and just imagine if his supporting cast was able to knock down shots and come through for him. And see, that's the thing I think people need to realize there are certain players that play in the league that you're not stopping them. You can you can try to contain them as much as you can, but you're not. No one's stopping Kawhi. Right. That's just not happening. No one's stopping him. The same way no one could stop Kobe when Kobe wanted to score. It's the same concept. There are certain players in this league that you can, can try to contain them, try right. to make sure they don't get a 50-point game. Right. But you're not stopping them from getting 35 or more, you know, between that 25 to 35 mark. You're not stopping Kawhi. Kawhi's going to get somewhere in between 25 to 35 points. Now, what you're just trying to stop is from him to get 50, 60, exactly, whatever. Exactly, that's what I'm make, saying. And make the rest of the team right. have to beat you, right? Right, right. But their support, Gasol didn't show up. Right, in that second half, yeah. Siakam didn't show up. Right, right. Kyle Lowry, don't even get me on <laughs> Kyle Lowry. I can't stand that dude. He's been choking to me since before Kawhi got there. I, uh, that, oh, Oh, right. I can't with that guy. And you, I cannot. And you make a good point. If you're a scorer, if you got shooters touched, you're going to find a way to get the buckets. And, you know, the guru said that Kawhi was guardable. I do think, yes, he is guardable. But just imagine, just imagine if Warriors eliminate that trap, how much more of a factor he would be. Like you said, you want to stop him from getting 50-plus points. If they eliminate that trap, because you saw how he was driving inside the lane and just pretty much pushing people out the way. <laughs> Right, and and I and, and I, you know one aspect of this I want to really talk about because I feel like it's the elephant in the room is all the injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a lot of talk mm. about injuries, and for me, there's it's two things: either you're hurt or you're injured. If you're hurt and you're playing, I don't want to hear about your fucking injuries. Thank you. I don't want about hear about you being hurt. I, none of that. Thank I don't want to hear about none of that because you're on that court. If you're on that court, then you need to give 110. percent If not, and you can't, then you need to sit your ass on the bench. I don't right. want to hear anything about Steph and his injuries. <laughs> injuries right. when you've got five all stars on your team. Right. I don't want to hear anything about injuries when the Raptors only have really maybe one all star, maybe two. Right. On their team, right? And their major player on their team is fighting through an injury. Whether people want to believe that or not, I believe right. Kawhi is at probably 70%. Right, and it, I and, don't think he's at a full hundred because I feel like if he was at a full hundred, he'd be driving in more, he'd be creating more contact, yeah. and he's not—he's not fully being Kawhi to me. But he knows that this team, 
him at 70% is better than that team not having him at all. He does a good job of hiding it. A very good job. Serge Ibaka. You need to wake the fuck up, bro. I know you're not a huge scorer, whatever the case may be, but you should be at least tossing balls out of there. Draymond Green should not be driving into the paint like that when you're in there. Like, his supporting cast needs to wake the fuck up. That's my advice. Wake up and do your part. Paul Gasol, I don't expect you to score 20 every game, but I need 10, 15 points from you every game. I need that. You know, Sockham, you to go from 30-something odd points down to nine? Right. Bro, what what are you doing? I need 10 to 15 points from you. Like, right. That's what I'm saying. It's the supporting cast yeah. needs to step up. Right, because he had a double-double, and it still, like I said, brother, and it still wasn't enough. And it's not right. going to be enough against the Warriors. Because as you... Because, like, we saw at the end of the game, they did that box of one shit and was scrambling all over the motherfucking place. And what you fail to realize with the Warriors is they have shooters, they have people who will step up when it really counts. And then there goes Iggy, knocks down the game winning shot, the dagger game. And in any other circumstances, that would have been a bad shot. I don't care what anybody says. That would have been a bad shot. It would have been a bad shot for two reasons. One, there was too much time on the clock. Mm-hmm. To do, take that shot, you could have had more time to passing it around or whatever the case may be. Two, if you miss that, this game goes into overtime because that's going to be a long rebound. They're going to take it back the other way and score. There's only a certain amount of seconds on the clock. It goes into overtime. Who knows what happens in overtime, right? right. So it's just everybody that are quote unquote warrior fans are saying, "Oh, it's a great shot. Iggy is an MVP. This, that, and the other." Yeah, you're saying that because he made because he knocked it had down. The, had the man missed it. They would have been, been like, all on his head. is the reason why we <laughs> lost game two. <laughs> right. He should have never been taking that shot. They would have been all over him. And let me just say, the Warriors were cracking me up talking about it was janky defense. Each and every one of them had me crack it up talking about it was janky. <laughs> now, I will say, when I went back and looked at when I first saw it, I was like, that ain't janky. <laughs> They stopped who they were supposed to stop. Mm-hmm. And I could live with Iguodala being the one taking that shot. Right. But when I went back and looked at the clip, they didn't even jump in this man's direction. He literally took a pregnant pause and then shot the ball right. all the time for in the, the world. No one closed out on him. No, no one even looked no, at him. He was just sitting there for the spot up. Bro, Iguodala is a finals MVP, bro. He's not a type of person that scores 20 points mm-hmm. every game, but he will hit a hot shot when right. it's needed. So for was, no one to even step in his he, direction, for no one to even try to close Iguodala out, I do feel like that's disrespectful. He was, And that I, I do agree with him. He I'm was, like, bro. He was set and ready <laughs> to knock it down. And let, you talked about injuries. My thing is, I'm actually getting tired of the media always making a big deal out of Steph and nothing is wrong with him. Please, can we get a new storyline? Oh, Steph don't look right. Something wrong with him. He's sick. He he not, he got the stomach flu. Steph is all right. <laughs> Steph was out there balling. Steph is all right. I will, I will say, though, in the first first half of that game, he did look peaky. <laughs> I was like, ugh, he looks, he's already pale. <laughs> I think that's a part of green. the Warriors kill me because I've been thinking that's just a part of their fucking game plan. I'm like, these dudes is really getting fucking blasted, and then all of a sudden, here come the third quarter. I'm like, y'all ain't right. <laughs> y'all and are I, not right. <laughs> something is going on from the time they leave and halftime and come into the third right? quarter. That shit is crazy. There, it's like it's a whole it's other scary. team when they come back in the third quarter. And with that being said. 
That brings me back to the goddamn Raptors and going five minutes and 30 seconds without scoring their basket. What the hell was going on? How did you let that happen? You let the Warriors go on the 18-0 run when you were up by 15? I, that made me sick, bro. I was sick. <laughs> I, 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 I'm rooting for the West Coast. And that shit still made me sick. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. I just didn't, I just didn't get it. I want it to be a great series. I want, I want, I really do want it to go to seven because I'm a big basketball fan yeah, and I feel like right. I, it would be I mean, really entertaining. If you're a fan of the game and you're not really a diehard, you know, fan for either of these teams, of course, I think any basketball fan wants to see the series go seven, you know? Yeah. And I will have to say the best part of, of, of this series has <laughs> been Drake and I'm glad he was looking all sad. <laughs> At the end of game two. Oh, and spe- I will say that. <laughs> speaking of speaking of that, his shenanigans in game one, that shit was hilarious. I was fucking cracking up. The Drake. jersey, the Dell, the Dell Curry jersey. I was like, he is the ultimate troll, bro. And let me tell you, um, he, his team helped him come up with that idea. Apparently, that was like one of the only signed ones. Somewhere in Canada, so somebody personally drove that jersey down to mouse like this dude that really took the troll into a whole new level. And then second game had the uh, Kevin sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, the where the Ke- come on man, well you got Macaulay coughing going on right here. Like Drake, you should call me. He was like, I'm about Bro. to be at the, I'm about to be at the cookout, Drake. I'm about to be at the barbecue. I'm like, I'm done. I'm upset, Drake. The, you are a fucking fool. And I just the NBA, this is fun. Leave Drake alone talking about hey, there's certain boundaries. I don't think he's crossed too many fucking boundaries. I mean, the whole him and Draymond going back and forth is funny. Come on. I don't think he's crossed any boundaries, dude. If you're right. a real basketball fan and you watch any basketball in the nineties, you cannot tell me right. that you don't remember Shit. the Spike Lee and the Reggie Miller back and forth and the choking sign. Everybody, <laughs> everybody remembers when Reggie Miller did the choke. Oh, you're, the Knicks choked. Come on, man. People need to stop being babies right. and realize this is basketball. These are grown men. They get paid to, they get paid to play a game. The fans are going to heckle you. They're going to come up with all kinds of things. That's just the way that it is. And Drake has added another layer to this finals, especially for fans who don't have a dog in this fight. Me as a Laker fan, this is an extra storyline to the finals, and I love it. It's hilarious to me. It's, as much it's, as it, it's entertaining. It definitely is. And as much as I'm like, he's the ultimate troll, I can do nothing but laugh. It's hilarious. Now, had this been happening to my Lakers, I might have <laughs> couldn't stand Drake right now. I but yeah, this is not if my this, Lakers. If, if this was, yeah, if this was the Lakers, yeah, you know. It would have been a whole different... <laughs> it would have been, right, been, been a whole different, different situation. Story. You know, so for me, it's... But that's what I'm saying. It's great. It's fun. You become a... And you become a basketball fan when your team is not in it. It's it's completely different. You're like, hey, I'm just sitting back enjoying this popcorn and I'm enjoying the show. And I hope you make it exciting and it's a series. Cause God forbid, I don't want to fucking see a team in the finals get fucking blown out or fucking sweeped. Yeah, and I also want to ha- have this caveat because we're gonna come back to this at the end of this finals after whoever wins. <laughs> but I this I'm gonna make this caveat. 
The Clippers better not be the only fucking team to take this goddamn team to seven games. The fucking Clippers. They don't have one all-star on their team. Not one. And they were able to take the Warriors to seven games in a nail-biting seven games. So you mean to tell me out of all these teams, the Clippers are going to give I hope the Warriors not. the worst run for their money? I hope not. The Clippers, if that happens, Doc Rivers should get coach of the year. Flat <laughs> out. Flat out. Because there's no way in hell... That the Clippers should have... The Clippers almost beat the Warriors in the first goddamn round. I don't know if everybody forgot about that or whatever the case may be, but since then, the Warriors haven't had too much of a problem. Right. So if the Clippers end up being the team that gives the Warriors the worst trouble throughout this playoffs, Doc Rivers deserves to be coach of the year. And speaking speaking of injuries, because I have seen somebody from this uh, writer that I know, he covers a lot of baseball, but he was like... are the Warriors going to have all their players by the end of the series? Kevin Looney is out. He will not, or Kevon Looney, he will not be playing for the rest of this series because he, what, fractured his uh, collarbone. Uh, Clay, he's questionable, but I think he's still going to play with his hamstring. And then um, Durant will not be playing until Friday. So I know a lot of guys on the Warriors are going to step up. And then you got Boogie back into the starting lineup. How did you feel about that? Because I feel like he started the game off sluggish, but later in the game he really stepped up. <coughs> Boogie was phenomenal. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Boogie was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I have to give it to him. He went from playing, what, I think eight minutes in the first game to mm-hmm. 28 minutes in the second game. Um, he ended up walking away with a double-double. I, he, he was amazing. He he is what they needed at that time to pick up some slack. Um the only person that I'm really worried about as far as injuries are concerned is Clay. Uh-huh. Right. I think they can do they they can do without Durant. It will be hard for them to win this finals. It's not going to be easy for them to win this finals without Durant. Durant is like the icing on the cake for them. Right. In my eye. Right. Um, and the reason why I say that is because the Warriors have done a great job of building their bench. And they've done a great job of, of, of their role players knowing their role and executing their role very well. From McKinney to Cook to Livingston. Mm-hmm. All these different guys that come off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. They've done a really good job of, 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 of perfecting their role and knowing where they stand in that role. But with Durant out, Iguodala not 100%. Yeah, he's not completely healthy. Uh, Boogie's is Boogie's not 100% either. Right. Uh, the only semi-healthy person that you have left is Steph Curry. Right. And so it alarms me when you have somebody like Clay Thompson, who's a lockdown defender and a sniper shooter, hurt at this point in stage in the game. And I don't know if people realize it, but that means Kevin Durant, Boogie Cousins, and Clay Thompson, three of their five starters... And three of their five all-stars is hurt. Any other team, this would be a devastating blow, and they wouldn't be able to go anywhere. They'd be they basically would be dead in the water. Right. So when people start saying, oh, you know, um, it doesn't matter, it, it does matter. It does matter that they have all these injuries because there's these injuries are big injuries, and they don't know if these people are gonna be able right. to contribute to the to to the end the ending 
results, right? Right. But I also think that I have no pity for the Warriors either because they can plug in a lot. They can do a lot of plugging in from this point to that point. People can play a multiple different positions and things like that. They can find yeah. a way to, to make it work at the end of the day. It's not as devastating if as if Toronto loses Kawhi. If Toronto loses Kawhi, Toronto don't have a chance. Oh, that's they, scary. That's the Warriors serious, yeah. have lost three of their five starters three out of their five all-stars and people still think they don't have an excuse to complain. They still have a chance to, in this fight. So, yeah, I don't think they have an excuse. Cause I think they're, like you said, their bench runs deep and they have so many versatile players. That but I play. think that's going to be the narrative mm-hmm. if the Warriors don't win this series. And I, and I, and I hate that for Toronto because if Toronto wins it's because they deserve to win this series. And I think if they don't, if they end up winning, it's not going to be about how Toronto was great. It's going to be about how the Warriors were riddled with injuries and they right. weren't the same team that started this playoff that finished the playoffs. That'll be the narrative. And I feel like that's not fair. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's <laughs> the same thing with the Cavaliers when they won their year, mm-hmm. the caveat and everything that, the reason why the Warriors didn't win was why? Because Draymond got suspended. Oh, yeah. Not and, and no one was talking about the fact that the Warriors had the perfect setup where they had Game 7 at home in their gym and couldn't close it out. Right. But the narrative was, oh, had Draymond not got suspended for that game, the Warriors would have won that series. Come right. on, man. Right. Because that was a momentum changer. That was a momentum changer. They would have gotten swept had Draymond not gotten suspended. Maybe, maybe not. But I, I just really hope for the Raptors that the Warriors has as healthy of a team as they possibly can have. And, and if they do win, that that's not the, the asterisk underneath their title is, oh, they beat a Warriors team that, that was wasn't injured 100%. and was hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's because I feel like I that will be that. the next narrative. That will be the narrative. If the, if, if the, if the Raptors happen to steal one and this series does go seven, that is going to be the narrative. You know, a whole bunch of Warrior fans, a whole bunch of media. Yes, they're going to be all over that. That will <laughs> indeed be the narrative. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think that does a disservice to the Raptors. They're going to really eat that do. up. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's going to be a disservice to them. But that's, that's going to be the narrative if, if, the, if the Raptors win and they don't get, you know, KD back or Clay ends up being out or whatever the case may be, that'll be the narrative is, oh, the Warriors were riddled with injuries and that's why they couldn't, they couldn't finish. But <sighs> we'll see you tomorrow, man. Game three is tomorrow. It, they moved to Oakland. Uh, they're out of back Toronto in the and they're town. into Oakland. They're back in the town. So Royal Cole will be in full effect. Um, I'm really interested to see how Drake acts when he comes to the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> what was so funny to me was Kevin Durant waiting in the locker room talking about, we'll see you in the Bay, Aubrey, and then Clay's ass out of nowhere talking about, you bum ass. I'm like, I cannot wish <laughs> Clay is a fool. He's a weirdo. I'm like, Clay, you don't even know how to talk trash. <laughs> He's crazy. I really hope that one day he becomes a Laker. I would love that. I've been rooting for that oh, since I've realized that he's probably going to be a And we forgot to summer. mention my fucking president was in the building. Oh, <laughs> Obama. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, oh, Obama. And he got and that standing O. Yes. Yes. And uh, <laughs> the, wasn't it like Obama for MVP or something? Yes. Like that? They were in yeah. there with the MVP chance. I'm like, this is dope. Everybody's president. Meanwhile, while Obama's in Canada and the president is uh President Trump is in the UK and they ain't having it. <laughs> you know, 
Oh, I'm, you know, it's so. I will say this: I am so glad and so happy that we had a black president. And this is a side note: we had a black president that didn't have no type of bullshit go on in his in his presidency. Right. Nothing that they can really point to besides shit that they made up about this man about him not being a citizen of this country and yeah. other bullshit. It was, you know, it's it's the same scenario like it is with every other black man when they can't find some shit on you they make up shit right and that's what they did his entire presidency is just make up shit on this man and so i'm glad that he can go anywhere in the world and he's fully respected and people love seeing him and love being around him and um it it was just it was just good to see it was good to see him be in a whole nother country and they showed him so much love i don't think donald trump would have that same luck no, he wasn't. And the president loves sports. He's a baller. He knows the game. He respects the game. So I think that's cool. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think. I was like, damn, Obama. Ex- I wish he was at the game I was at. <laughs> like, right? all these people at this Why game. Why can't you come when I was there? But I think it's really cool that I've kind of got to, like, witness history with this Raptors team. It's really cool. It's their first finals. You know, I'm really excited about it. So. Yeah, I mean it's been a, it's been a great pleasure to watch them at home to watch this game. It's, I've really been intrigued. It has not been a boring finals, and that's what I was really hoping for, especially since I don't have a team in this. Right. Because I just wanted something that was going to be fine. You know, it was going to be exciting and fun to watch, not something that was going to be like, oh, okay, the Warriors are going to come and sweep this team and they're going to win again. Like, right? No, I wanted to be nail biters. I wanted to come down to the end. I'm waiting for the first overtime game, which I feel like it's going to be game three. Hmm. One of these games are going to go into overtime, if not a couple. And um, I always, I just like I said, I'm I'm really excited about Game Three and, and see what's going to happen. The first game back at home in Oakland, are the Warriors going to do what they do when they normally do when they're at home, or are they going to choke? I I, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be real It's really going to come down to Kawhi's supporting cast. Yeah. That's the real storyline of this entire finals is what does his supporting cast do? They have to be able to show it for him night to night. He needs to be able to get his supporting cast to give him right anywhere between 30. Well, actually more than that, really. He, they really need to give him like 50 points like they did. It doesn't necessarily mean Sockham, Siakam and Paul Gasol have to have 30 and 20 um, point nights, but the combination of people that are playing needs to be able to give them that. Right, right. He can't do it by himself. I like Kawhi. He's actually become like one of, you know, and I never thought I would really say this, and I'm not being a bandwagon. I'm just really a fan of the game, but I grew up watching Kobe in the Kobe era, and so obviously you guys know that's like one of my favorite players of all time. But when he retired, it was a really big deal to me, and I didn't, ever think I would really say like oh I have like uh, a favorite player you know in the lead in this new era of basketball this new generation of basketball so he's actually become I think I would say like one of my favorite players to watch I actually enjoy watching him play and he has a a very interesting story I'm not sure if like a lot of people know but he lost his dad like at a very young age he was like brutally murdered so I think this this is really good for him especially with the everything that went down with him at the Spurs and then and them saying, you know, he had an opportunity to be a really good breakout player um, in the NBA. So it's been a joy, really, to watch him and his game. Kawhi is a great player. He's one of the best players in the league, I will say that. Toronto would not be in the finals without him. I think everybody knows that. And I think wherever he chooses to go, 
come next year, whether it be another team or whether he stays with Toronto, I think any team would be really lucky to have him. He is one of the best players in the league. Um, yeah. To me. He really is. He's a, he's a great, great talent. He's fun to watch. He's even funnier to watch in interviews. He is, but I also will say he's really humble, too. He's not, you know, he doesn't talk a lot of shit. And it's funny because the reporters asked him, you know, what do you do, like, when guys, like, get in your face and says, you know, it really doesn't happen. He's just one of those type of person that puts it all out on the floor. And that's what I really love about his game. Yeah, and I have to say, I don't think I've ever really seen Kawhi get into a scuffle. I don't right, think I've ever really haven't. seen yeah. anybody, like, jump in his face and say anything too crazy. I mean, he's the type of person um, that he feels like his work should speak for right. itself. There's no reason for me to be that's out what there I love about him. Yeah, and this, that, and the other, because, you know, my game speaks for itself, right. and you, you can't do anything but respect that. So, you know, Kawhi has gotten a lot of respect, and I think he deserves all the respect that he, he's gotten. Um, I really do. He's one of the best players in the league. Um, I think he has a really good character. You haven't ever caught him doing no no fuck shit at all. So, I mean, I don't really have anything bad to say about the guy. He may, yeah, maybe to some people he may be a little awkward and, and quirky, but what's normal anyway? Like, what's, what is awkward? Like, he's, you know really, I mean? like, he's really low-key, and I will say I watched, like, a little special on him and kind of, like, what's fueled him, like, throughout the years is, his, like I said, his dad his dad was murdered his dad owned um, a car wash in Compton and he was shot like multiple times at his car wash because of some type of argument or something that occurred and it happened like right before one of his basketball games in high school I think he was like 16 years old and he said um you know like ever since that moment or whatever that that is what really like fueled him because he really looked up to his dad and he really had like a great relationship with him so that's kind of like been his motivation and you know whatnot throughout the years because that really scarred him as well so I just think it's very interesting you know during the finals when you get to hear kind of like these backstories about the players and they dig a little bit deeper into their past and they have all these you know unique stories about some of the role players and the bench players as well so I thought it was really interesting I think he has a really powerful um story and you know, a lot of people say, you know, he doesn't talk that much and he's very low key. And they were talking in last game about how he got some of that actually from Kobe. He said he learned by watching some of, um, you know, these vets he played with on the Spurs, watching Mono, um, Ginobili and watching Tony Parker and watching Kobe, how calm they were and tight, you know, game situations. And said, he said he owes it kind of to them when it comes to that. That's how he's learned how to remain calm in these situations. Yeah, I, I, I really like Kawhi. I think he's 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 got great character. I mean. I remember laughing when I heard that he still had his suburban that was like what is like yeah, that was a while ago yeah or something like we were that. talking about that. yeah <laughs> yeah and you know just he's a, he's a humble guy and you know I think that's a topic within itself is you know what people go through when they lose a parent especially at a young age I think no one really understands that except for people that have actually been in that situation and even when you get older and you lose a parent it's not as I want to say sometimes I feel like it's not as detrimental as it is when you're a young person and you lose your parent because there's a whole part of you growing up that they're going to miss. There's a whole part of getting married or having kids that they're going to miss opposed to you being later in your life. You've gotten married, you've had kids, your parents have, you know, everybody leaves this 
leaves this world eventually. But if you've had a full life with your parents and you lose your parents, it's a little bit different than losing your parent at a young age and how that shapes you and and how that um, shapes you as far as the way you go throughout life. And I think... um, Kawhi is a good example of that because he lost his uh, his parent at a young age. And there's a lot of other people that lose their parent at a young age. And what does that mean for them? How do they go through life of losing a parent that young? Right. And, I, you know, I had talked about that the other day because people are just so ruthless. And, you know, people just say anything <laughs> on the Internet these days. And people are talking about, you know, he's such a weirdo and he's never been the same since that. Do you think anybody would be the same if they lost their parent at, you know, eight years old, 16 years old, even in your early 20s, you know, coming into adulthood? Do you think anybody would ever be the same? No. (laughs) And then, you know, what classifies as being the same? You know, we all grow up and mature, you know, and develop and, like I said, grow, but especially when, you know, somebody loses someone as close as a parent you're not going to be the same it changes you (laughs) to me that's just so ignorant that's like asking Trayvon Martin's mom if her life is the same right no her life is not the same she has a hole in her heart because somebody that she gave life to is no longer here anymore and it's the same thing when you're young and you lose a parent the person that gave me life is no longer here anymore I can't go to this person and ask them for advice this person's not going to see me hit major milestones in my life there's periods of my life that they're not going to know anything I thought I always believe that they're always with you they see what's going on in your life and things like that but physically in the presence here they're not here so for someone to say something as ignorant as he has never been the same no one's ever going to be the same when they lose someone right. like that right you know, I've lost friends and I haven't ever been the same because right. of losing those friends because of how close I was with those people. So for someone to say something as ignorant as that, it just to me, it's the whole wanting to have that whole uh, shock jock reaction on the Internet is what people go for. It's a right. shock value. Like they want to say something so out of out of whack that people want to retweet it and like it and, and this, that and the other. And it just becomes people are inhumane and they feel like they can say and have an opinion on every little thing. And I said this on the internet not too long ago. People really need to watch what they say to people. Right. Because some people out here like myself, I have bail money. So right. if you keep talking to me crazy, we're going to have a problem because it's not, it's not okay to just say whatever you want to people and think there's not going to be a consequence for it. Now I'm not saying people can say whatever and then you, you, you have the cart want to punch them in the mouth. Right. No, I'm not saying that, but I do think that you can't just say anything to anybody. Right. Period. And then don't and then get mad when they have something to say back to your ass. Right. No, it doesn't work that way. And I always tell people, <clears throat> Because when I lost my mother, I was 20 years old. And me and my sister are, what, about 11 years apart. And she was 8 years old. So imagine for an 8-year-old what that feels like. And even a 20-year-old, like I said, coming into adulthood. And I always say, no, I was never the same. Because for one... I had to grow up a little faster. For one, I had a younger sibling and I had to look out for her. The air that I breathed every day was not the same. The way that I looked up at the sky and the sun, it was not the same. I I, I didn't want to believe that I was really like living in this life. I didn't think it was real. So no, nothing has ever been the same. <laughs> right. And that's what I, that's the thing that I, I don't understand how people cannot have compassion compassion for that and not listen to that and go yeah i get that because and some especially some of you people that are solely solely dependent on your parents what if mama and daddy wasn't here no more you especially some of you boys 
Some of you boys are some real mama boys. And if your mama was not here no more, you would feel a certain type of way. So I don't understand how people can go, go be on the internet and say something as callous as he's never been the same. Really? Like, that's just a real asinine and stupid thing to say. And people really need to... People really need to start watching what they say to people. We're getting into a world where a lot of people are just insensitive. And a lot of it becomes because everybody's behind a computer screen or behind a phone or some type of electronic device. And they have no, they won't, what they would say online, they would never dare say to someone to their face. But they feel like because they're on a computer or on a phone, they can just say with anything and there's no consequences for it. And everybody's laughing and putting in their two cents when in reality, you would never say that to somebody's face, especially somebody you don't even know. Right. That's why I felt like I could could connect so well to his story and just the type of person that he is. Um, But yeah, you're right. You know, you never know. People are so heartless and you never know what someone's story is. You never know what is going on behind closed doors. Yeah, you know. And so uh, I think we talked about this before. Just people just need to be a little bit more self-aware about the stuff that they decide to type out or think or speak um, because we have getting into a world of, of people being very, very insensitive and they feel like they could just say whatever they want and people just need to take it for what it is. And you're going to come across some people out there that it's not going to just take what you say to them lightly. And there may be some consequences to things that just come out of your mouth. Right. Like like the internet thing where the dude was like, oh, it's above me now because this lady got mad because someone in her family passed away. So she thought it was OK to call this boy the N word and then want to come into the hotel hollering and crying and screaming because this man won't give her a hotel room. And he was very polite, gave her great customer service and go, it's beyond me now. Like you can't <laughs> get on the phone. And I absolutely love that because what? Because someone passes away, that just gives you the right to be like, oh, well, yeah, that's why I called you the N-word with the E-R at the end, because my mother and my grandmother passed away. In in what world? In what world? And you did this over the phone. That's that's white privilege for you, because you think you're about to call somebody the N-word and then come into the hotel talking about, I need a hotel room. The rest of my family is staying here. You still got to give me that hotel room. Uh, but hey, the best Western is next door. <laughs> right? It's above me now. It's above me. Shit. And he made t-shirts for that? I need I need one of those. Ace. It's above me. <laughs> but you called me a uh, well, fucking I need to stay here. My mother died. I understand that, but you called me a fucking I'm, no, I'm sorry. You weren't sorry when you said it on the phone. I was, listen, there was no, people screaming No, but at the end of the day, a, and the, the climate that we live in today's society, I, sorry. I understand that, but it's, it's above me now. Cause I need a room tonight. Well, there's the best restaurant next door. No, please, let me hear. My daughter's here. I'm sorry, but... I mean, that's just like the lady that told her story, I think it was on Twitter, where um, some guy flipped her off and called her a nigger and stole her parking space only to walk into the building and realize he was interviewing with her. So, you know, you really need to be careful about the way you talk to people. You can't just be out in these streets talking to people all crazy because you don't know who you're going to run into or who you're talking to. Like, that is crazy. You, that hot over parking spot that you steal this lady's parking spot, give her the bird and call her the N-word, and then you go into your interview, like, that you're supposed to be selling yourself to and find out the person you're interviewing with is the person that you called the N-word and gave the bird, I'd have just walked out. I wouldn't even went through the interview. That's crazy. <laughs> 
that's just embarrassing that's, you embarrass yourself right that's crazy you guys so yes game three of the um nba finals uh, that that's gonna be a, a good one i hope so um i'm gonna be ready for that i'm gonna have the popcorn ready um the top of queen is uh west coast i'm east coast we're one one right now so continue to follow this because we're gonna we're gonna be covering everything from the shenanigans with drake and what's going out there on the floor and what people are talking about on twitter west coast east coast beef <laughs> and then look and the funny thing i just gotta bring this out i don't know if you've seen it but i was cracking up because snoop and p diddy uh was at some party Still <laughs> 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 at some party dancing and uh pop locking and where is it let me find it i have posted this shit um on twitter and on um my snapchat but i was cracking up because um <laughs> snoop and basically went back to that whole source of what they were talking did. about last it time like, so snoop was uh, crip walking <laughs> in the video and then all of a sudden diddy comes in the video and diddy captions it with uh look at puffy all in the videos all in the uh <laughs> all, all in uh dance all in the videos it's whatever Whatever Suge Knight said, that whole quote, he put as his caption to with him show. and Snoop together, which is fucking classic. And what made, that, what made that video even more classic is that Snoop is in blue and red yes. plaid with a death row chain on. Bro, I cried. I was, that shit was so classic. I'm about to insert that shit, that voiceover, or that little clip from the uh, Source Awards in here, you guys, after <laughs> Because <laughs> it was so classic. Oh, is fucking stupid for that. He is yes, so but it's true though. Like <laughs> when he put that, I was like, "Bruh, Diddy is the VIP for that." But it's just v- so it's just so I- funny because we're talking P. about this whole East Coast West Coast thing. And we're talking about the source with I'm like, I can't. Yes. Look at this nigga puff. All in the videos, all up in the records. And if you don't and, and if you don't know what we're talking about, you're just too young or you just really ain't in the loop or you just don't get it. Cause if you know, you know. And that's that was my caption. If you know, you know why this is funny. Bro, when I saw Snoop with the death row chain, that just put the icing on the cake, bro. I I couldn't say I died. I died. That caption was nigga pup. That caption was everything. the videos. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I'm about Look to, at this nigga pup. I'm about all to, in the videos and all up in the records. I'm about to insert that. <laughs> I'm about to insert that um that clip into here. I have to. I have to incorporate that into the podcast some type of way. It might be at the beginning or it might be somewhere around this little mark. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that because it, it's so. It's so classic, bro. For Diddy to post that, like it's like, and, and it shows the growth. Like y'all got yeah, over that beef, <laughs> right? Like it shows the growth. Because I'm telling you, man, that shit for was you real. youngsters. <laughs> for you youngsters, shit was real. <laughs> what that East Coast West Coast beef? It was bigger than just magazines right. and rap rap diss songs. The, like the East Coast ain't got love. <laughs> If you don't know what we're talking about, one, you're too young, so you probably shouldn't know what we're talking about. (laughs) And if you're of age and you don't know what we're talking about, you need to go on YouTube and look up the Source Awards with Snoop Dogg, Desro, and Bad Boy. It's on there. It's there. You can see it for yourself. You can even go watch a documentary on Tupac or whatever, and it'll be on there. 
You can't get past it because it was a huge event. Huge. This bullshit about the East Coast and the West Coast started when we went out to New York to do the Source Awards. And Mr. Knight uh, went on stage, and he's in New York City, and we all know Puffy's from New York City. Any artist out there want to be an artist and want to stay a star, don't want to have to worry about the executive producer trying to be all in the videos, all on the record, dancing, coming down from. Oh, all I could think about after he said that was Snoop's face because he was so serious. He was like, he was like, we know we're in the East Coast. <laughs> I mean, dude, yeah, we know we're in the East Coast. Y'all trying to tell me y'all ain't got love for the West Coast? Y'all ain't got love for Death Row? And Snoop back in the day was hood, bro. Like, I'm telling you, like, Uncle, Uncle Snoop that y'all see now, yeah, Uncle Snoop had a whole other persona before he became Uncle Snoop. And it was real, bro. Like, it was real thick up in there. Like, can you imagine Snoop and Nas having beef? Right. That's crazy. That's crazy, bro. Puffy and, and come on, all of the East Coast, West Coast beef, bro. I'm telling you, it was real thick back then. It was real thick and it was real serious. <laughs> real serious. But to see how much we've grown in, what, two or three decades to the point where you got Snoop and puffing the same video. Dancing and, and actually, drinking we, at the same party, having a good time. Right. But, but the fact that we can actually use this caption as a joke now. Right, right. Just goes to show you how much progress we've made. Because at the time, I'm telling you people, this was not a game. Shit. <laughs> it was not a game and it was not a joke. It was real life. People lost their lives over this West Coast, East Coast beef. Like, yeah. beyond talking big, people lost their lives right. over this West Coast, East Coast beef. So, right. for us to be where we are now, I, I just felt like that was... I love Puff for putting that for I putting that, too. that was classic. Like, that was, that was classic. It was golden, and I love it. And it, it makes me want to talk about 50 cents. Oh, Lord. Oh, guys. So, I know this is not the, this is not the that, topic that, that we that, had planned. That's okay. This is raw. <laughs> this is all raw content off the top of the dome. Uh, we'll get to that, that next topic in the next episode. Go ahead about 50. <laughs> 50? Okay, now let me preface this by saying I love me some 50 cents. I think the dude is hilarious. But I think he's taking this bullying thing to a whole new level, bro. Like He out of control. <clears throat> When people have to put on the internet, I don't know who needs to see this, but please stop borrowing money for 50 cents. It's a real, it's a real problem. Like, I don't know who needs to hear this, but please. For real. Please. Don't borrow no money from this man, bro. Like, he, he takes enjoyment out of making, out of humiliating people. That's why I feel like he's a bully at this point, because he's humiliating people. Like... It's getting to the point where other people are stepping in talking about, well, I'll pay whatever they owe you. Like, like come on, man. Like, this is... This has got too far, I can't... Bro. Yeah, I think it's just a little bit over the top now. And I'm like, come on, 50. This shit, this shit ain't even funny anymore. And I had seen something today where... Um, uh, it was somebody was talking about Kevin Hart and uh, Tiffany Haddish, and they were like, "See, this is the type of black people you need to borrow borrow from." Because they were like, when Tiffany Haddish started out her career, Kevin Hart gave her like three hundred dollars or something to help her get started, and she's tried to pay him back, and he was like, "I don't want it." I don't want it. You don't have to give it back to me. And people are like, see, this is the type of black excellent we need to see. This fifty bullshit, on the other hand, is a no. Bueno. <laughs> but you know what? I agree with that. I agree with that. But 
In real life, Leandra, you know how black people, Leandra, I'm sorry that we had that. We have to have that conversation too because I just said your name wrong. I'm terrible at that. And and the fact is, is that I always remember it in my head. It always comes out wrong. Leandra. <laughs> the fact is, we both know how black people are about their money. Not a lot of black people give away money and just give it away and don't think nothing else of it. They expect their money back. Right. Period. <laughs> Niggas will chase you down for $20. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah, the same people are talking about. Oh, they wish people were more like Kevin Hart. Are the same people that would chase you down because you owe them ten dollars. Right. Like stop. But stop I think it. the way Fifty goes about it is wrong. wrong. And let me just say this because Rotimi, if you um, what's the boy's name from Power? What's his character on Power? Dre. Um, Dre. Yeah. For you guys didn't who don't know that's his real name, Rotimi. He was talking, you know, because he was on Ratimi's head talking about this dude owes me money, this, this, and that. But the thing with Ratimi is, Ratimi was on 50's label, and they didn't agree, I guess, on a certain song that he thought would be number one. And now this song is number one. And he asked 50, he said, well, is it okay if I go separate ways? And 50 was like, yeah. That's fine. And he said, you'll, he says, but this is a business. So I still have to get some of that money or whatever for helping you. And you were on my label. And he said, yeah, that's fine. You'll get paid through the royalties. 50 agreed to that. <laughs> when this boy's hit was number one and just came out or whatever, 50 didn't start doing this <laughs> until this boy's single went number one. And he was like, 50 has a weird way of expressing him stuff. Me and him literally had this conversation the day before he started talking about I owe him money and this type of stuff. So it wasn't a situation with him where he was like, he just borrowed the money. He was on his label. And 50 already knows that he's going to get paid through the royalties. So it's like, dude, why are you doing all this extra shit then, 50? <laughs> right, because it, to me, to him, it's it's it's... It's all a gimmick. It's all a gimmick and it's all for fun and all of that. Now, I will start off with the first person that he started doing this with was Tahiri. Tahiri? Yeah. No, not Tahiri. Tierra Marie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's who it is. Yeah. Tierra Marie is the first person he started doing this with. And at first I was on his side. And the only reason why I was on, I wasn't on his side as far as the tactics he was taking. Yeah. But I was on his side as far as that girl needing to pay him because if the roles were reversed, everybody would have been saying, Fifty, you need to pay that girl. Yeah. So, if that's what the judgment is, then she needs to live up to the judgment. She needs to pay that man. Period. That's just how I personally feel about that. I'm not going to change my mind as far as that. Now, his tactics about the way he's going about it is tacky as hell to me. And he doesn't need to do all of that. And and, and the thing that's also pissing me off about this is that he's done it disproportionately to black people. Like, these are your people, bro. You shouldn't be doing this to your people. Like, if your people owe you money from Jackie Long to... To Tony some power to Tony Yeo, where Tony Yeo was like, nigga, I can't give you back that money, so who you want me to shoot? Right. Like, come on, bro. And then and then he had the nerve to put that online. Right. Tony Yeo is a felon, bro. Why would like that's wild. Why would you do that? Right. For some likes and some, you know what I mean? Like in the certain stuff, you shouldn't be recording and you don't have to be have the permission to do all that. 50 is wild. He just, he's just, he's just too much. And the sad part about it is the people that really know 50 say he's the sweetest guy. I know. He's the nicest guy, you know, whatever the case may be. Just don't cross him. And I get that. But in some of these situations, I don't feel like these people have crossed him. Yeah. That's why I agree with Ratimi. He has, I think it's something deeper. And he has, like he said, he has like issues expressing himself. (laughs) Because what? Why on earth would you? He's crazy. Yeah. 
He's crazy. Like, and I think, and this, and this, this is why you got people talking though. about. I hope he gets shot nine more times. Like, oh my god! Like, you got people wishing that on you, bro. <laughs> like, and that's too much. But you know what? This goes back to the topic we were talking about before. Fifty is somebody that lost his parent at a very young age, right? And you don't know how that shaped him or why that makes him the way that he is. And, and if you watch any of the movie that was based off of his life, he pretty much had to fend for himself. So he might be this way because he feels like this is the only way he knows how to be. He right. doesn't know how, you know what I mean? He may have shut off his ability to really love someone because right. one woman that he really, really loved was gone when he was a child. Yeah. So that affects people. You know what I mean? So right. I'm not trying to give him an excuse for him to be able to act the way that he acts, but I do think that that has something to do with why he is the way he is. Something to do with why 50 Cent don't have a main lady that he's with. Right. You And you make a good point, too. And I also think this kind of, like, goes back to the whole, you know, black community with people <clears throat> not being able to express themselves and being so used to dysfunction. Especially when it comes to young boys. They're, they're, young black males are not supposed to express their feelings. They're not supposed to cry. They're not, you know, they're supposed right. to be hard at all times. Right. And that's why I used to think that thing with Cat Williams was funny, but it was also some truth to it. Like, nigga, you hard at breakfast? Like, you gang banging on bacon? Like, you need to calm down. You don't have to be hard right. 24-7, but there's people out that out there that feel like they have to be like that. And I feel like 50 Cent is one of them. I feel like he doesn't ever want to put himself in a position where he feels like someone could take advantage of him. He doesn't want to be vulnerable to anybody. So he puts on this, which a lot of bullies are like that. They put on this persona to make it be like so that no one can, you know, penetrate this outer layer that they have. But usually people like that are teddy bears when you really get to know them. Right. So I I, I agree with, I, I could see why people say he's one of the nicest guys you know, just don't cross him. I can see that, you know, because I, I can't imagine him being able to make the deals that he makes and having certain people be involved in this project that he's had if he was a complete asshole 24-7. There has to be some good to him. But I just think, dude, you don't... To see him do this to a lot of black people is disheartening to me. You know, it, it's just really, it really, really is. And although he's given a lot of black people jobs and he's looked out for a lot of people and Lala has a really good relationship with him and, you know, and the people that work work with him on power, you know, yeah. all of that. Like, he's got good relationships with people in the business, but there's some things that I'm like... But I'm like, bro, you work with Ratimi. What you doing? And, Sn- right. and Snoop over there talking about, don't kill him. Don't kill him. Right, don't kill him. I I I'll pay him whatever whatever he oh I'll bring you back. Snoop is crazy. Like we talking uh, Uncle Snoop out here trying to save lives, bruh. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's a it's a long it's a long way from nineteen ninety three. And see, I had posted a poll on Twitter the other day and I was just like, how many boys were taught to suppress their emotions you know as a young boy and I was like it was is it yes or no or was it depending on the scenario and I think it was uh, 100% depending on the scenario you know they're taught that they can't express themselves and so you have a lot of black men trying to act hard when really this is the time to kind of let go of whatever emotions you have and kind of be open and honest about it and it's okay to cry you know yeah, I think I think 
a lot of black males need to to know that it's okay to have different emotions, especially as a, a a young man, because you need to be able to compartmentalize your emotions and how you feel. I think that's why sometimes they get into relationships and can't really express what they're going through. They have a lot of hard time just expressing themselves, period. It's either even kill or it's anger. There's no in-between. So I do think there's some truth to that, that, you know, boys shouldn't be made to feel like that. I'm not saying they need to be crying every two seconds because I don't feel like females should be crying every two seconds because I don't like no crybaby-ass girl either. I don't. <laughs> like, I, I don't. I'm the type of girl that's like, I'm an emotional person too, and I, it's easy for me to cry in some instances depending on what it is, but I'm not the girl that's going to be crying every two seconds over every little thing, and I'm definitely not the girl that's going to be crying at work. I feel like that's the weakest shit ever. Do not ever let these people see you cry at work, especially being a black woman. You're not ever going to see me broken at work. Now, I may get in the car on the way home and cuss y'all ass out and cry and all that on the way home or when I get to my house. But at work, you'll never break me at work, ever. So I don't like no crybaby-ass girl. And I don't want no crybaby-ass dude either. But I don't feel like you should have to hide your emotions. If you're upset about something, you should be able to be upset about it. In whatever way that means. You laughing at me? I am laughing because you said don't be crying at work because it's so funny to me because you know there's instances where I text you when I've worked at certain places that I no longer am at, but there'll be times like I am going to go off. It's like the opposite. Like these people are gonna drive me fucking crazy. I need to get out of here before some real shit really does pop. Off. Right, right. No, I and that I totally agree with. But for me, it's like one of those things where I'm like, I see a lot of girls cry at work. And they use it as a tactic to get the things that they want or to, to get away with a mistake that they've made that may have been egregious or whatever. And I think that's that's bullshit. Like, don't be no crybaby-ass person at work. Like, that's, that's crazy to me. We're all here to do a job. And if you want them to pay us equally and to look at us as though we can run a team and a crew or whatever, then you need to man up. You can't be out here crying like no damn baby. Period. And I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel that way... It, I feel like women are allowed to be emotional and it's okay in certain instances and men are not allowed to be. And then you have the flip flop of that where, you know, women are not given opportunities because they feel like they're too emotional. And then that just feeds the narrative. If you're at work crying, especially as a black woman, no, you cannot be at work crying period. If you need to go take a walk to get it off you, whatever. Great. But do not let these people see you cry at work. That or the people who be kissing the ass and then want to get all upset. I'm like, you don't want being messy at work. Now you crying. <laughs> yeah, I saw some, I saw this thing on Instagram was like, that said, auntie, you 65 years old and still hella messy at work. Why? And then that's true. <laughs> like, I'm 20 in my 20s just coming into my career and I got this woman that's you know, 30 years my senior being just as messy as us 20-year-olds. Come on, dog. Right. It's, some of that's got to stop. And, and that, too. Like, don't be the angry black woman at work, but also don't be the messy, gossipy one at work either. That is the craziest shit ever. That, too. And then also don't be the person where you think that you can just keep jabbing at somebody and then then you want to play victim and then be like, oh, why are you acting so ghetto? Why are you being so unprofessional? I'm like, no, I tried so many ways to tell you professionally to look, this is not going to fly. This is what needs to happen. But then when I do have to go the other route, all of a sudden you want to play victim. And that right there really pisses me off because I don't like for people 
And that goes with the consequences of your actions. You say things, you do things. Someone has a reaction to you, and then you want to turn it into a victim like somebody did something to you. Have you mind your damn business from the beginning and not inserted yourself into something that had nothing to do with you? Then you probably wouldn't even end up in this situation. But you can't just say whatever you want to say and don't think someone's going to have a reaction to it, and then you are trying to dictate what their reaction, what, what reaction is fair to what you said to them. No, you can't control how somebody reacts to you. So, yeah, you can say whatever you want to say. You can do whatever you want to do. But you cannot control the consequences to your, to your actions, period. You cannot control that. So don't be out here talking flipping at a lip because what I may deem as disrespectful, somebody may deem as the ultimate disrespect and want to slap the shit out of you. Whereas me be like, you know what, you're not even worth my time and I'll just walk away. You can't control how someone's going to react to the things that come out of your mouth. So you really, people really need to check themselves. They really, really do. <laughs> right. Especially when we're talking about race relations, because it's a certain population that loves to be all up in people's business and tell them how they're acting and what they should be doing. And then as soon as you check them on some stuff, oh my God, all of a sudden you're the ghettoest person in the world and you've completely <laughs> offended them and they cannot even believe that you're talking to them in the manner in which you're talking to them. And I had a situation Stop. like that with an employer and I'm like, I don't care who you are. I don't even care if you're the boss. Like, no, it's not going down like that. Don't try to calm me down now. Should have thought about that beforehand. <laughs> I mean, I've had, I've, I've had to tell people, at jobs. Look, I'm not like everybody else in here. You ain't gonna come in here just talking to me or any old kind of way. I'm a professional. I went and got my degree for a reason. You're not about to be in here talking to me any old kind of way. And when I step through these doors, I am an equal to you. You may be my manager, my boss, whatever the case may be, but I am a professional. I am an adult. You ain't gonna come in here talking to me like I'm your child. That's just not going to happen. And I think there's a lot of people out there that talk to their employees in condescending ways. And the employees just let that shit ride because they're scared to lose their job or they're scared to look as the person that's um, um, combative. No, I'm just letting you know there's a line that you're not going to cross with me. I have boundaries just like you have boundaries. And the way you're speaking to me is not the way that's going to go down. So I will professionally cuss your ass out without using a curse word. Yes, I will. Because it's warranted. Like, you're not going to be talking to me any old kind of way. It's just not going down. And I think a lot of people, more people need to do that. I see so many people cower under their bosses. And I'm like, I can't believe you let them talk to you like that. Even if their principle is right, it's all about delivery. You ain't going to be talking to me like I'm your two-year-old child. No, you're not. But it's to the point where I've taken meetings with you. I've came correct so many times. At this point, I am cussing your ass out. And I'm leaving. <laughs> and I've done that before. I'm like, look, I'm out. Because I've you know I've took meetings with you and told you what's not acceptable and what my issue is. I've told you on several occasions in a professional way. Tried the nice way. Tried to curse you out in the nice way. And just you still ain't getting it? No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? And then some people don't have the luxury of just being like, fuck this job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I, understand, I understand they, that, yeah. Maybe they're a felon or they, you know, <laughs> right. whatever, or whatever the case may be. They may be in a situation where they can't just outright be like, fuck this job. And if that's the case, then you need to put your foot down and stick up for yourself. Don't just take no shit because you need a job. I, 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 I really, really firmly believe that. You should not have to turn in your self-respect, your self-worth, 
for a job. Right. And you need to be able to stick up for yourself, period. You can't have people... And you have to set the precedent of what's acceptable. Because if people have talked to you crazy and you have allowed it to go on, you can't just wake up one day and go, this is not acceptable anymore when they've been doing this. <laughs> right. Right. No, you need to set that precedent up front like, um... That don't jive with me. You're not going to get the best out of me by talking to me that way. Right. People used to be like, dang, you're the voice we need around here. I'm like, y'all need to step up, too, because if everybody collectively stepped up, then maybe they would get the picture. (laughs) Right. That right there kills me. When they wait for the one person that's not with the shits. Be like, yes, girl, I agree. But they're only telling you that they agree. They're not telling no management. They're not telling nobody that can actually make a change about the shit that's going on. But they're telling you, yes, girl, do it, do it. So you want me to take all the risk right. with no backup? Right. Like, fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. I'm not fighting for all of everybody's rights. I'm fighting for my motherfucking rights. Now, if y'all want to join on, then you need to join on. I told one of my homegirls, because she's still working at this place. I'm like, I don't know how you're still there. But I said, whenever you get up out of that motherfucker, we're having a fucking party. Because, bitch, I don't know how in what world. And see, and that's what I mean. Some people get stuck and they get complacent. And they go, at least I know the bullshit here that I'm dealing with and I can navigate through it. Or they're in a position where they just really can't leave their job. Because I'm like, y'all, y'all still be talking about the stuff you don't like over there, over there and motherfuckers you don't want to work with. I'm like, girl. Yeah, and you're like, I cannot. I cannot we, and I will not. We throw in a party. Yeah, you know, I, I had a friend that was like that too that was working for a company and she finally left and she was like, hey, I got my... Um, she had to get a certain type of credentials for to move on and she finally got her credentials so that she could move on and she finally was like, hey, my last day is April 22nd, blah, 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 blah. And we ended up celebrating and throwing her whole like a whole dinner party because she was the last of the Mohicans that had stayed with this particular employer and we were like, dude, we don't even know how the hell you lasted that long but she was in a situation where... Mm-hmm. Um, her mother was on her health insurance mm. and her mother was having treatments and things like that. So when, once her mother finished her treatments and things like that, then she was able to finish her credentials and then go get another job. So, you know, like I said, everybody has a reason why they can't just up and move. But I do think you need to put your foot down and demand a certain level of respect. Don't let people walk all over you, period. Don't let people walk all over you. And don't be the person that's piggybacking off the person that's not letting, that's not with the shits. That shit is annoying as hell for the person that's speaking up because they're looking at all of y'all going, y'all know this is wrong. Why aren't y'all saying something too? Why y'all got me out here on a limb all by myself when in private y'all all telling me you agree with what I'm saying, but y'all won't say it to nobody else? Because they some pussies. Let <laughs> me shut up, but any... <laughs> that shit is crazy to me, though. Like, you... I mean, really? <laughs> you gonna sell away your self-worth? That really... I can't get down with that. That's really, like, what the case the cases <laughs> yeah too much bro oh, too man. much <laughs> <laughs> and with that being said please do not borrow from the bank of 50 cents <laughs> because they will be on your ass trying to collect so do not borrow from the bank of 50 cents <laughs> 
it. Make sure you follow us. We are on all podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You you guys know the drill. And um, hit us up at wepeepeditfirst at gmail.com. Peep the one and only on Twitter, Instagram. We peeped it first, Twitter, Instagram. And the same for the Topic Queen, DA Topic Queen on um, all platforms. So make sure y'all do that. We hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> we'll be we'll be back at you with more next time. This is your girl legit with her legitimate perspective. <laughs> Two opinions, too many topics, one crowd. I am the topic queen. Until next time. <laughs> the East Coast don't love Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. The East Coast ain't got no love for Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and Death Row. Y'all don't love us. Y'all don't love us. Well, let it be known then.